Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Hey, did you have a good Valentine's Day I hope you did, even if you didn't. Hey, surprise her with a divorce. Sometimes uh, she never sees it coming. Me and Jim are in here. Uh, the fearless Jim Eichenhofer, fresh off another Valentine's Day spit, basically just around town. I mean, I don't know how you do it, juggling, you know, one date here, another <laughs> date there. You know, oh, I got to hop in a cab, go elsewhere. It's crazy, man. It's by, crazy. By the way, I like your idea of the surpri- surprising divorce papers on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that like flowers. is some serious cold-hearted stuff there. I love it. Yeah. I mean, this is a good day to be cold-hearted considering who, thinking, the, man. who the opponent on the schedule is. So yeah. I, I love it, Joe. Yes. This is, that's some good, good thinking right yeah, there. Yeah, I'm ready to twist the knife because, oh, as Jim just referenced, who is the opponent tonight? Oh, I've been waiting for this one. I would love nothing more than to roll into the All-Star break, not only with some momentum, but shattering their hearts on their home floor after they just got, oh, some little upgrades. It seems like it's going to be a new look Lakers as we face them, Jimothy. And, uh, you know, we've talked to some uh, we've talked to some sports casters and some fans and whatnot. A lot of people are panicked about the Lakers. Yes, indeed. And, and I think that's going to be one of the most interesting things to watch over the last 20 plus games of the regular season is. How much better did the Lakers get it? There seems to be some difference of opinion. I feel like in some corners there are people that you reference who think that they've drastically improved their stock and their mm-hmm. position, and they have championship. There's other people who, and this is probably probably more the case. People that are kind of on the fence of whether they're going to make the play-in tournament. Right. For me personally, um, I have no doubt that they've they made good moves. They definitely improved their team, but sure. I think the one issue that they have to face is the reality of the standings and how many games are left. They have a lot of ground that they have to make up just to get into the play-in tournament. So yes. I think that's why you've heard some people nationally when they're asked, you know, are they a play-in team or not? You hear people now saying like, "Yeah, I'm not sure," and then you have other people who say still no, that they've definitely gotten better, but it's not going to be enough to make up the ground that they have to to get on. You know, yes. teams like. OKC, Portland, Utah, those are the three teams that are right ahead of them in the standings right now. Yeah. And they have to pass all of them to get into the top 10. Yes. And and that's the thing. I think a, a lot of casual basketball fans, they sort of see LeBron's name and they just assume if you put anyone whose name you remember around LeBron, championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's not the case. You're putting a lot of onus on uh, on Anthony Davis to stay healthy and perform in fourth quarters and clutch situations. We know how that goes. Uh, you're putting a lot of onus on an old LeBron James to keep playing at a superhuman, never injured level. Uh, I, I just you know I'm not scared of D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, great great player, good good, good fit. Uh, but 
you know, d- does that make a championship team, Jim? I, I right. don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it was ever the case since he's been with the Lakers that you can just put any random collection of guys around him and they win a championship because the year that they did win it in the bubble in bubble, 2020, bubble <laughs> the year that they won it there, they had a really good collection of guys and it seemed like the right pieces around him. Anthony Davis was bought in. Yeah, and he, and he had an amazing stretch there in the ballrooms where he was just shooting the lights out. Yep. And since then it hasn't been the same for him. And obviously they, they drastically changed the roster after they won the championships championship. And so the supporting cast has decreased drastically since then. Um, I think they have turned a corner a little bit with this, these three players that they added, they, they do have more of like an eight or nine man rotation where yeah. there aren't these massive weak spots and holes. And yeah, they have like group. legitimate NBA players. So, now. Right. But I mean, they're not talking. They're not thinking championship right now. They're thinking like extend the season past Be April funny 9th. If they were. I yeah. mean, that's the thing is, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of people are panicked because we have a vested interest in the Lakers. Uh, how well they do, of course. Pelicans fans are looking at that pick, and Wimby hopes are fading. You know, with that. Mm. But I think that's basically the worst result of the, of all these Lakers moves. Is okay. Well, looks like we m- probably won't get Wimby or Scoot. Right, uh, right, but that's about it. Uh, other than mm-hmm. that, I, I'm not scared of the Lakers, and boy, can we put our foot on their necks tonight uh, if we beat them after rolling the thunder. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna pretend like that was an easy game and it wasn't mm-hmm. just a nail biter at the end. But yeah, we beat the thunder. No worry, no worries at all. Yeah, that was a big win. I mean, the Pelicans clinched the season series. They're up 3-0 with one game left against OKC. That could factor in later down the road. Yeah. Um, tonight against the Lakers, they have a chance to go five games up on them. When the Lakers were here only 11 days ago on February 4th. Seems they, like yesterday. They, they had a chance to beat the Pelicans and move ahead of them in the standing. So it's funny how much things have changed since then. Um Season series against the Lakers is also 1-1, so if mm-hmm. the Pelicans win tonight, they're up 2-1 in that. Obviously, with one game left, they would be in really good position to win the tiebreaker. Put them in a hole! They have Sorry. a lot better conference record than the second tiebreaker, if it does end up 2-2, is conference record. New Orleans has a big advantage in that as well. So, I mean, things are looking very good as far as maybe down in the road in March and April, you don't have to worry about, okay, we need to win this game to stay ahead of the Lakers. They could get a nice gap ahead of them if they can win tonight. A nice gap. Jim is pumping me up. I am lifting weights as he is talking, and, man, I am ready to roll. And, by the way, I shouldn't be. I went to a physical yesterday. A uh, doctor was basically like, the whole thing's got to go. Uh, whole body transplant. Uh-oh. It's all just garbage. Mm. Uh, so hopefully that gets better. Uh, but, look, I, I feel uh, very encouraged by Josh Richardson's performance. He was uh, a spark. It was fantastic seeing Great. him and that veteran savvy that he brought to the team, playing, paying immediate dividends when we needed every single stop, every single point in that game. And I think one of the numbers that stands out to me that's kind of incredible if you think about it is he played more minutes than any Pelican in that game against OKC. Oh, he played 34 minutes. Wow. So, I mean, first game that you've played – for the team, you don't necessarily have a great grasp on the offense and everything, but in terms of the playbook and whatnot, but he comes in and he's so valuable that they need him on the floor. Those passes, man. That 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 pass to the corner that he made for I think it was a Kyra three. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was just beautiful to see. Sure, uh, great court vision, and and it just seems like he's fitting in immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we try to tell people Josh Richardson got that dog in him, <laughs> and let's hope that it uh, shows again. Uh, versus the Lakers. Uh, man, we've got a fun guest today. I, I just want to get into it. Have you seen the cover of Slam? Uh, have you seen it on 
on Twitter, the, the Mardi Gras-themed, bedazzled, sort of old-school cash money style slam cover. It's a fantastic article. Great to see New Orleans getting some love, especially with the West looking absolutely bonkers right now. So uh, we may not see that sort of love for a while. Great to see it in Mardi Gras time. Great to see it when we kind of need some love. Uh, so let's talk to Franklin Kaye. He wrote the article, talks about, you know, how the guys got together, how they arrived for the photo shoot, the camaraderie they showed, and why it's special in terms of NBA players. It was a great talk with Franklin Kaye, and uh, let's get to him now. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, Slam writer Franklin Kaye has a great cover story right now. You've probably seen it on Twitter. Uh, it's that great cover article, Mardi Gras themed, about the Pelicans' big three. Franklin, so glad to have you on the podcast, man. How you doing? Doing well. Thank you guys for having me. It's just so great to see New Orleans love on the cover of that magazine. Why did the Pelicans end up on the cover? Yeah, so I guess timeline, timeline wise, to kind of take you guys back, so... Uh, it is the last week of December, and that's when the Pelicans were on that five-game winning streak, right? Yep. Um, and everything's looking good. We're we're planning our February issue at the time, so late December is when we're kind of keeping tabs on the league trends, kind of seeing where things are trending. And so, obviously, the Pelicans make sense. You know, at this point, uh, Zion was clicking, DJ was clicking, you know, Bi was still injured, but you know, despite the injury, the team was clicking. The team was doing well. Everything was smooth, and so. We reached out to the team late December, uh, pitched them on the cover, pitched them on the concept, and, you know, we got a yes. Everybody was on board. And then right as the new year turned, right, that Monday, January 2nd, uh, Zion goes down. So Zion gets, gets injured. Funny enough, we fly out the next day. So we're flying out the next day to New Orleans. And as you can imagine, you know, one thing was when one guy was injured, but not two guys being injured. Uh, we weren't so sure that the cover was going to happen at that point. The shoot. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of, that Tuesday, we're kind of just on standby all day. Towards the end of the day, we get a call from Pelican PR, and to our surprise, they said the guy's still going to do it. Everybody's down. But by then, that afternoon, you know, it had already been reported that Zion was going to be out for about six weeks. Nonetheless, uh, Pelican PR told us the team wants to do it. The, the guys want to do it. All three are in. It's all, it's all still to go. So the next day, the, the, the Wednesday, we, you know, flew out to New Orleans. Uh, and they were playing the Rockets that night. And even then, we're still unsure. You know, our content, you know, chief content officer, uh, Adam Figman, is like looking at his phone the entire time, you know, expecting an email from Pelicans PR at any given point uh, saying that uh, the shoe is a no-go. Uh, but to our surprise, come Thursday, uh, it, was, it happened. You know, it was a thing. I think what really struck us out the most was how, you know, we were not sure with two guys being out, two of the three, what the move is going to be like, you know, obviously it, it, it went from the team at the time when we got there, the team was tied for the most wins in the Western conference. Right. Um, and so things were rolling, things were clicking and we were kind of unsure how the guys were going to be on set. You know, we were a little bit concerned that they may just not be too into it. Yeah. It felt like, you know, everybody might be a little bit bummed out to our surprise. So you can just tell the confidence of the guys and of the team and of the players. The, the, the whole thing is, just, you know, we, we just got to stay the course until April because no one wants to see us in April. So right now, from we got it, there was no stress. Everything was all good. Everybody's kind of just, you know, letting it play out. Um, and I think that's what we took out of it the most, just how confident the guys are and how 
you know, everybody's happy to obviously be there, be together. But really, it's, you know, wait till April. Wait till we get back healthy. Yeah. Wait till we'll live together again. Um, and in the meantime, we're not stressing. You know, we're not stressing about these sure. injuries. And so um, seeing the, you know, just the, the vibe that the guys brought on set, we were very surprised. We just were not sure what we were going to get, you know. Yeah, you know, Franklin, I, I guess along kind of the same lines in terms of the decision to select them for the cover, Obviously, you know, at the time the Pelicans were at the top of the West and had a very good record. But, I mean, was there also an element to the decision just based on I know that you guys, people always look at slam as kind of, you know, kind of setting the tone in some ways for basketball in the NBA. I mean, did you look at them, too, as like, you know, kind of the next big thing? Like you guys are kind of getting in as this team is taking off with, you know, CJ's only been here for a year or so. And it's just kind of like a new group together with so much young talent. Exactly. Yeah, you know, we're always looking for new storylines. You know, kind of like I said, trends. And, and you know, this this trio was playing for the first time ever together. You know, this fall, right? It was the first. That was their debut, right? Yeah. Um. And so, and we felt there had not been anything from this trio in terms of like real, you know, photos, video, like a real kind of thought out plan together as as a as a trio. And so, you know, that's kind of what we went into it. It's a deep team. You know, it's an exciting team. I think it's one of the most exciting teams in the NBA. You know, it's one of those teams that you call like the league pass team, right? Like no matter where you are, what market you're in, uh, the Pelicans are one of those teams you kind of check in on, on league pack. So, you know, mm-hmm. the funny part too is that from like a print standpoint, right, you're trying to pretty much predict and forecast four months, you know, four weeks out essentially. Sure. Yep. You know, it's still very old school, right? So you still, you're literally going to printers, right? And then you mm-hmm. have about two to three, three to four weeks actually that you're waiting everything to get printed, get put on trucks, get sent out all over the country. That is all about a three, four week process from the time you do the shoot to the time you go to printers to the time they go on trucks to the time they get distributed, right? And those four, three, four weeks are probably, you know, people might think that going into the shoot is the most stressful part, but it's actually after the shoot. You know, you're waiting for those three to four weeks to kind of uh, get here. You know that the yeah. shot has been printed and there's not much you can do editing wise. You can't go back and redo right. at that point. And so you're forecasting, you know, you're forecasting, uh, so to speak. And I would say, from our end, that is the most stressful part of the process. It's just after it's been shot, after it's been printed, and kind of waiting for it to get distributed. And, you know, injuries happen, you know, teams go on slums, streaks, et cetera. So much, you know, just so much unpredictable. You know, there's so many things, variables that you just have no control. No one has over, sure. even the players have no control over. And you're kind of waiting there. So from our standpoint, uh, we were kind of forecasting what the conversation would be like in February, right? And we're trying to do that in December, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's difficult, you know, it's tough. You're, you're, you're kind of just, rolling the dice and kind of gambling here. Um, but I think in the grand scheme of things, you look at that team and you look at that cover, uh, it will stand the time come spring, right? And sure. I think when we spoke with the players, the one thing they pretty much uh, let it be known, not just in, in terms of words, but also just the vibe from them is that, you know, we're not stressing, you know, the stress, the injuries are here, whatever. Um, you know, let us be healthy come April. You know, let us, that, that, that's really all what matters right now. And so, um, I think that's what we took out of it. You know, the, the team was, the, the three, the trio specifically were very, very confident that, you know, regardless, the, the reason why they didn't want to cancel the shoot when we gathered was because, you know, there's nothing to be stressed about, you know, this mm-hmm. is, this is come, come see us come springtime, you know? You mentioned the, you know, the, the design of the cover and that kind of thing and the thought process that went into that. Can you kind of go through, you know, what, um, what went, went into the decision to just have the Mardi Gras theme and, what was behind that? Obviously, the uniforms are a nice addition 
to that whole theme, but w- what went into um, kind of the concept for that cover? Yeah, so from like a visual standpoint, you know, we have like the pen and pixel kind of, you know, old school hip hop rap, rap vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Southern vibe. And so we actually did, uh, this is technically a remake of the 2018 Pelicans cover with uh, Cousins and AD. Mm, um, it kind of okay. has the same vibe. You know, if you, if you look at that cover, the 2018 cover, um, it has the pen and pixel kind of graphic vibe, um, Southern vibe. And we shot that early 2018. Um, then we, you know, after that, we did one more Pelicans cover. That was when Drew Holiday and Zoe, uh, were, that was Zion's rookie year. So this is 2019, 2019, 2019, we did, uh, it was Drew, it was uh, Zion, it was B.I., and it was Lonzo. Uh, that one we didn't, you know, we just did like a regular kind of cover. It was, mm-hmm. it was called Welcome to the Party, right? It was all about the new vibe, the new team that had been put together after the trade and also after Zion came in. Uh, for this one, we kind of wanted to go back into the pen and pixel kind of, you know, hip-hop southern vibe to it. I think part of it was, you know, when the trade with A, when, when, you know, when D, when Cousins went to, to New Orleans, there was obviously uh, a lot of energy and expectations around the team and whatever ended up not working out. But we kind of looked at this team and this trio and this group as the one that maybe it's going to do what that 2018, you know, team and duo was expected to do, right? Um, and so we decided to kick it. You know, we knew that most people would maybe be able to kind of, you know, put two and two together right. and be able to look back at the 2018 cover and realize this is kind of part two of it. Um, but that, you know, and obviously Mardi Gras, it's springtime. Uh, we were trying to time it, you know. Uh, with Mardi Gras coming up, and, 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 you know, that was the whole Mardi Gras vibe to it. But it's really a pen and pixel kind of just, you know, showing honor and love to the, you know, Southern hip-hop. I love the cover. It, it's such a such a throwback to that old-school cash money uh, sort of style. I, I just want to frame it in my office right now. I'm looking for places right now where I can actually hang the thing because it's just a work of art. And I got to say, you, you actually – you captured the vibe – so perfectly in that article, you know, I understand that, that you got to sort of make it a little evergreen, uh, when you have to deal with these timing things in terms of when the magazine comes out, but, but what is evergreen and what has seemed to stay the course, uh, even, even since it's come out is the camaraderie is that sort of buy-in culture that you talked about, uh, in the article, you know, what, what was sort of unique in, in, in their, in their camaraderie in relation to other teams, you know, I'm sure you're around other players, uh, other guys who are friends in the league. What did you see that was unique about these three guys together and, and their friendship? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, and I kind of hinted to it earlier, the fact that they still said yes to the shoot after two of the three of them were injured, you know, yeah. uh, without obviously naming any teams or players. Uh, most of the time, that shoot gets canceled, I would say 80% of the time, you know, and, and it's happened in the past. You know, one guy gets hurt, even if it's four or five players, you know, we've had shoots just kind of get, you know, it's dead on arrival as soon as someone gets hurt. So yeah. the fact that two of the three were injured, I mean, we weren't we were even like, should we, you know, do it ourselves? Like, you know, is, you know, what's the timeline looking like in terms of when, you know, uh, the, the guys going to be back, you know, Zion and B.I. So the fact that they were able to say yes, I think one, in a way, it came across that it's more than just, it's not about them, you know, it's about yeah. the city, it's about the Pelicans, it's about the team, it's about kind of just a resurgence of new energy about the team and the city and the franchise. And I think the players understood that. I think they understood that it was not necessarily just about them. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, we took it as like, oh, you guys actually still want to do this. Like, you know, we were very surprised. Um, you know, we had already booked travels and everything. Like I said, that Monday he gets hurt, Zion gets hurt. That Tuesday we're getting ready to fly out Wednesday morning. We thought we might have to, you know, cancel travel. So I think first and foremost, 
the fact that they were able to say yes to the shoot and still proceed with it, it came across to me as they understood that it was more than just that. It's, 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 it's yeah. about, you know, it, it, there, there's a bigger thing here going on, right? Brewing. Um, two, it was just so interesting, you know, they're, they've only played 10 games together, right? right? So technically on the court, they do not have that much experience in terms of actual chemistry on the court. Yeah. Off the court, though, we shot this video, I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube, it's called Point Him Out, right? So yes. they do like funny city hypothetical questions and then they kind of point at each other and kind of discuss why this person would do this instead of this other person. Right. So we did this game and as we're doing it, you know, as I was prepping for it, I was like, I'm not sure that they know each other well enough to be able to answer some of these hypothetical questions and point at each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And as we're going through it, I'm like, oh, they know each other. They really, really know each other, you know? And you can tell they hang out off the court. You can tell right. they're constantly texting off the court. A lot of it just came from the smiles, you know? I was surprised. You know, I, I, part of the story, the intro of it is when, you know, Zion and, and Cedra are walking in and B.I. stays behind. You know, he, they're, they're walking, as you know, the court, on the sideline, there's the weight room area, right? That right. To, the, to the practice court. And they're coming through that side, and B.I. stays behind because he wants to keep doing, you know, a dumbbell curl so he can kind of get that little laugh. Yeah, got to get jacked. Before the photos start. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And basically, you know, at some point, uh, Zion and Cedar t- turn around. They realize, you know, B.I.'s no longer with him, and they just start cracking jokes at him, you know, just making fun of him. I think uh, Pelicans Digital had, like, uh, somebody there with them, like a, a, a videographer, and they're talking to the camera, joking, joking on B.I. And B.I. wasn't in the joke, you know. He was all in. I, I think at first he was really trying to get that pump in, but eventually he realized there was eyes on him, and, and he joined in. You know, he joined in on the joke. And so that kind of, you know, I would say a lot of times, because slam is, you know, it's supposed to be very tough and gritty, yeah. you kind of get that side of players on set where they're a little tight. You know, uh, you know I would say one thing is they were smiling. You know, sometimes... Is the opposite. We have to ask them to smile because the photos, you know, they want to look gritty. They want to look tough. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of vibe they're going for. And we actually had to ask them to get serious because they were all the photos. They were just happy <laughs> and smiling. And so, and that's refreshing. Like I said, you, you don't usually do that. It's the opposite. You usually have to ask them. Right. Uh, can they smile? And usually they look at us and we're crazy. Like, you know, what do you mean smile? <laughs> this time was the opposite. We're asking them because they could not smile. And so you just got that vibe of just like they were happy to be on set. Right. You know, I think we had like an hour with them. We may have gone a little bit over an hour and they were like totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, 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 that is not the norm, you know, uh, like I said. So I think I would say the smiles. I would say the fact that it happened considering what was happening that yeah. week. Um, it's, and the fact that when we played the point of out uh, session, they actually knew a lot about each other more than, than we all thought. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a great anecdote about how B.I. had to try to get in a little bit of last-minute yeah. weightlifting. It's, in it's just not fair because Zion's got the buff. natural pump. You know, he just right. wakes up looking like that. Yeah, I, I thought that was really funny, and, and it was a great way to kind of set up the article. Yeah. I've, um, you know, I, I've done I've done done magazine writing in the past, and it, it always seems like uh, teams NBA teams are looking for um, reasons to not do stuff. Like the, if they can find an excuse to say, "Oh, well, we can't do this today," they'll they'll do it. And not to name any names, but I mean, I I, I thought it was cool too that you had mentioned in there that they actually were early for the the shoot the photo shoot. I mean. How surprising was that based on just your ex- experiences <laughs> right. that you've had that they were actually like two minutes early for what you had set up? Yeah, exactly. No, usually, you know, it was it was after practice, right? And sometimes, but I think that day they may have had like a light practice, maybe some shooting around and stuff like that. It sounded like it wasn't as intense as other practices. But usually, you know, it's after practice, you're at the facility, 
you're waiting for the guys to one kind of just cool down two shower sometimes get something to eat um i think they went straight from practice shower and they came straight to us uh so they were early they're you know everything is so regimented that that's just how the guys are right cj obviously being the president of the pa yeah you know bi just being a veteran you know zion just being zion and the pro that he is it's a different vibe from a lot of teams that are kind of just going through i think everybody's voting you know one thing they always mentioned was the culture you know they mentioned that a couple of times you know that this is there's a culture here in new orleans um that everybody has bought into you right. know and whether you're the 10th man the 11th man or a starter everyone has bought into the same culture and another thing that was interesting usually Guys, well, especially when it's like, you know, three, four players, they usually call one by one. They're doing their own thing. You don't get very often where everybody shows up at the same time. That usually happens in college, you know, where yeah. college players are regimented by the, you know, by the AD and there's real staff and they're on them, they're behind them and they do everything together and they go to dorms together, they come to practice together. But I was very, it was very interesting now that I think about it. They all came together, all three of them. And usually that doesn't happen. It's usually, usually actually the way we do it is we do solo shots first and then right. we do group shots. Because we expect them to arrive one by one. Yeah. So we usually, and to save time, we usually do, and that's how we had it set up. It was going to be solos first and then a group shot. But because they arrived first, we actually got the group shots out the way first, you know? Yeah. So that's another thing. You know, the fact that they actually showed up all three at the same time, everybody's in sync. Everybody's on the, on the same wavelength, you know? Yeah. And you got it from the moment they came in. And that, that, that also does not usually happen. They came in together. They left together. Um, everything was all unison. And like I said, that's usually what happens in college, not the normal NBA teams. You know, and, and New Orleans is not a normal city, and we really appreciated you capturing the vibe on the cover. Again, such a great cover. Go out and get it on newsstands. You're going to want to frame it. You're going to want to keep it. Uh, Franklin Kaye, thank you so much, both for, for giving a spotlight to New Orleans, for the players here, uh, but also that cover story is just, just such a boost, uh, especially right now, as I think a lot of Pelicans fans uh, kind of need it with the injury news. So uh, thanks again for hopping on the podcast Great article. Go get it. Uh, Franklin, appreciate you hopping on the podcast today. Thank you, guys. I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited for the city, and I think uh, think there's a lot to be excited about. Great talk there with Franklin Kaye. It's great to hear uh, that sort of that sort of perspective from someone who's not around the team a lot. I think we get used to the camaraderie, the friendship uh, here. It's almost like we've gotten bored with it, but we sometimes forget that's not normal. Uh, how close these guys are, sort of on and off the court. And I also think speaking with Franklin was a good reminder of the perspective that we need to continue to have that the future of this team and the outlook that they have going forward is nothing but promising. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go through the, some of the ups and downs that the Pelicans have had lately, and maybe you lose sight of that. But I think broad, broadly and from that perspective, just the fact that Slam wanted them to be on the cover just kind of shows you just the, the way that people look at this franchise and this roster in terms of what they're going to be able to accomplish. I know, as he talked about, it was tough that you know, right after they did this cover and they wrote this story that they put it together that the Pelicans went through a really tough time with Zion going out and then the 10-game losing streak. But when you take a little step back, you realize, yeah. like, you know, that's hopefully just a bump in the road and things yeah. are going to still be very good down, you know, as we go forward the next couple of years. Yeah, future is still extremely bright. And that was a great reminder, uh, especially in the tough times, because that article was written during some tough times, uh, how their mentality stays 
locked in, and they are team first. Uh, you know what? Speaking of uh, speaking of the team and uh, and great news, breaking news here. Never heard it before. Didn't see anything about it. It looks like Trey Murphy has officially made the dunk contest. Trey Murphy of the New Orleans Pelicans officially in the dunk contest. Wow, had no idea. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, wow. Shocking news. I I was. I mean, I heard. They announced it during the TNT pregame last night. I was like, what? <gasps> what? That is amazing. Wow. Boy, great for him. What a great, shock. Great. It made me want to, you know, get a hold of him and or, t- or tweet at him maybe yeah, and say, like, hey, man, congratulations. Write an article out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, like right then and there, huh? And, it, and that's, actually, that's actually exactly what I did. I, at When the announcement was made at 6.05, I think, by – by 607, I had this entire article written that was Jim's quick, man. six, eight paragraphs long. Had quotes from him, too, which was that was quite a feat to get. That's why you're an oracle. During those two minutes to be able to get him on the phone, do, yeah. a, do a six minute interview with him, and write an article all in two minutes. I mean, that's. I mean, time that's, warper. Right, exactly. That's fingers are on fire. That's the that's the kind of experience that I have that I can pull something like that's that. That's why off. you're here, man. I mean, yep. the one and only. And uh, man, you actually got some audio with Trey Murphy somehow before the announcement. I don't know how you predicted it, <laughs> uh, but but somehow you were able to link up with Trey and uh, talk about it. And uh, it's fun. It's fun hearing Trey Murphy talk about his excitement about being in the dunk contest. Selected for the dunk contest, I know that you it was something that you wanted to do. No, it was pretty cool for sure. Um, you know, first dunk came my senior year of high school, and I've just been in the NBA dunk contest. Pretty good feeling. Um, oh wow! Yeah, pretty excited for. Uh, pretty excited for it. You know, just ready to ready to compete. Ready to show what I got in my trick bag. Woo, man, prescient. Uh, for you to be able to talk about that with Trey, amazing that he had a perspective on it, Jim. Yes, I like that word prescient. Uh, that's that's some good stuff, man. You always impress me with your you know thesaurus. Yeah, I've just yeah. said word of day toilet paper. You know, <laughs> you know, Joe. It's funny the. It's funny how I got that interview because I I actually went through about 15 different scenarios with Trey and I said, hey, these 15 things could all happen and can we do an interview on all 15 of them and I'll just use whatever one comes yeah. into play. One of them he was, was – very patient. Yes. One of them was he actually gets named an, all, an all-star. Yep. One of them was all-star starter. One of them was somehow he ends up as the head coach of yeah. one of the all-star teams. That one was fun. Yeah, that was, that was great. And then eventually we got down the list to – I was like, you know, hey – what if you get picked for the dunk contest? And yeah. he looked at me kind of confused. And then, but yeah, then I was no, like, let's fairness, just do though, it. That was after you asked him, what if the UFOs are real? And uh, <laughs> let's talk about that. What if they right. can play basketball right. when they start a new league? That threw him off. Yeah, yeah. So he was re- just recovering from that one. But Jim was going deep. Uh, he has a thing in his office simply known as the, the machine. machine. We're not allowed to touch it, but it's how he makes all his predictions. Uh, <laughs> so he is an oracle, but he also has help, some sort of mystic help. Uh, but man, it was great to see Trey Murphy. Just excited about being in the dunk contest. Contest. I can't imagine growing, I don't know, about a foot and then being able to dunk. Uh, can't, can't imagine what that's like. It's got to be surprising, uh, if nothing else. Yes. You, know, you know what I was, I was actually surprised by is, is some of the snubs, I guess, in the uh, in the in the skills contest. For, for example, no Isaiah Joe in the three-point shot contest. That, to me, is just a bit surprising. Yeah, I think he's leading the league in three-point percentage, or at least he was at yeah. last check. He's right up there near the top yeah, the of the list. played him, he was. I feel like the problem that he runs into and players like him is that there's a big name recognition element to who they pick for the skills contest. So I think that probably hurt him because if you go through who they did pick, it's a lot of guy of the eight guys, they're all 
pretty much all like very established players that yeah. have been maybe a starter for a bunch of years or at yeah, least a prominent old, right, know, like, a prominent guy on their team. So unfortunately the, the it's not really a quote unquote fair process in terms of okay, this guy's having the best year in the league. Right. If I think if he has a couple more years where he shoots like this, maybe he will be right. in the three point contest. But yeah, that's a that's a good call. I, I think coolest uh, name in the NBA too. Isaiah Joe. Just sounds tight. Sounds <laughs> badass, man. Yeah. Uh, I love I love that name. Yes. Uh, and you know what I love? Uh, the fact that it is uh it is witness day, which means it is Wednesday, uh, man, and and this is a fun Western Conference Wednesday. We've got a game tonight against the Lakers, the Lakers. and uh, and and we could really put our foot on their neck. We could uh, really establish ourselves again in the West. Roll into the All Star break with momentum. This could be fun, man. Yes, and the Pelicans have a chance to move up into the top six as well if they win tonight. And they need, I believe, it's either the Clippers. Or Dallas to lose their last game before they play, before we go into the All Star break. So that's possible. Very possible. And as we all know, top six matters. It's not just a random number I'm picking out of the air. Four to six is where we want to be. Right. Uh, basically. And just avoiding the play in tournament. So, I mean, right now the Pelicans are seventh. You want to be in that top six so that you don't have to go through what we went through last season, yeah. where it's a do or die situation to win or you, lo- you go home. Um, but on, on this Western Conference Wednesday, uh, the poll that I thought was very appropriate Ooh, was Jim poll. which of the three teams, I mean, maybe you could add to this list, but I narrowed it down to three Western Conference teams that made big trade acquisitions, which of them is going to be the most improved in the second half of the season. Mm. The fans on the early Juicy. returns so far, overwhelmingly, the options were Dallas, Lakers, and Phoenix. The fans overwhelmingly are picking the Suns at close to 70%. Fair. That's fair. And, uh, yeah, I'm not that surprised just because people understand the, the impact that Kevin Durant can make. And also, I mean, the, the Suns have had, had kind of a shaky first half, too, so they definitely do have ground to improve. Yeah. I mean, the Mavericks and Lakers do as well, of course, but um, people are not as – excited about the Mavericks and Lakers moves and understandably. So, I mean, when you pick up one of the best players in the game right now, and you could say in the history of the game, some people think Duran is top 10, top 15 player all time. So yes, that's pretty huge. I'm really curious to see how they, uh, how they do. They've lost a little bit of their depth. Um, We talked about before Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson were pretty big losses, but I mean, their top four guys are pretty, darn good between Booker, yeah. Chris Paul, Durant, DeAndre Ayton. So that's going to be a team I think that people are going to be constantly watching over the last uh, couple months of the season. Absolutely. And let's hope that we can gain some ground uh, as we play tonight. Uh, hey, by the way, check out uh, that CJ McCollum article on the Anscape. It's great. Talks about his first Mardi Gras uh, with his family here in New Orleans because he was sort of traded. I think they were at Superior Seafood or something that first Mardi Gras, but it was sort of a team thing. So uh, he talks about, you know, the, uh, the state of the West, how it's insane, but it's good for the sport, uh, which we've sort of talked about. Uh, it, it's fun stuff. So check it out. Uh, Jim, I am excited about tonight, man. On the road, I will be in studio with the Goose, Gus Kattengell. Tune in a half an hour before tip. We will be on the radio. Yeah. You should stay home and drink some beers and relax. <laughs> you, you, you've had a hard day of oracling for the past <laughs> little while, predicting the future and whatnot. Well, it's funny. You know, sometimes we, we talk about how these 9 o'clock games are brutal, but I feel like 
most people have no difficulty staying up until 1130 or 12. When yeah, we're opponent, talking to young people like what? And, and it's when it's the Lakers. I mean, specifically, I don't think that's going to be an issue. And for me, no. I'm going to be fired up and ready to go yeah. when the game tips off and, and uh, can't wait for this uh, ball game. It's hopefully a good way to end the first half of the season and be able to sit around for the next week and say, Hey, you just beat the Lakers and your multiple yeah. games over 500 basket. And I'll have tanned from the glow of that. Uh, hey, you can check me out. I'll be on the side of the road, just destroying an abandoned car like E Honda on street fighter Two. uh, getting real pumped up for this game. So tune in. We will have the call. Todd Graffinini is in LA vibrating right now, ready to call this game. Thank you for joining us on the Pelicans podcast. Big thanks to Franklin Kaye. Uh, big thanks to Trey Murphy. And big thanks to you for listening. Big thanks to SeatGeek for sponsoring the podcast. Check it out. We're everywhere on the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. Share the links. Tell your friends. Be obnoxious. We'll appreciate you for it. We will talk to you once again. Oh, we got a little break, Jim. Oh, it's going to be a while before we talk to the people. We'll miss you, but we need it. So we'll talk to you again at some point. Don't worry. But until then, go Pels. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. My goodness, where's the foul? My goodness. I mean, this is unbelievable what they are getting away with down there. I mean, where's the foul?